0: I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And And everything's everything's coming up, Simpsons.
1: Simpsons. This episode is brought to you by... Ah, jeez. We have so many great sponsors today. Are you ready for this? Yes, and how wonderful. How wonderful. (laughs) It is officially... um, Uh, valentine's day in in the spring oh lovely we are brought to you by um this is my favorite ma hagerly's old-time saratoga pickles (gasps) yeah that's a good one Uh, we're also brought to you by one night stands that's a bar that you can go be a wingman (laughs) to somebody um we are also brought to you by (laughs) harry shearers Uh, get it (laughs) yeah do you get you get it you get it? <laughs> um, and then I, I guess we're brought to you by the TV program World of War, Hitler and Eva Braun, Crazy in Love. Ah, uh, even you let me down, Hitler. I know. Uh, we are, of course, talking about the episode The Blue and the Gray. This is the 13th episode of The Simpsons' 22nd season. It originally aired on February 13th, 2011. It was directed by Bob Anderson, written by Rob Lazebnik, and the showrunner at the time was Al Jean. Heard of him? Heard of him. <laughs> I believe people have. People have heard
0: of him. They are... Uh, Blowing him up on Twitter. I'm one of them. He's been in the news,
1: people. Yeah, <laughs> if you've read the news, then you know. News knows. <laughs> I news don't know. knows. There's a lot to discuss in this episode, and uh, I just want to. Absolutely. immediately leap into introducing our wonderful guest today. Yes, yes.
0: We are so excited to have our guest here today. Uh, You probably know her from the NPR News Quiz Show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Uh, She's had roles on Parks and Rec, Pretty Little Liars, New Girls, Scream Queens, and Inside Amy Schumer. And she's one of the hosts of the Maximum Fun trivia show, Go Fact Yourself. Uh, Please welcome to the show, Helen Hong. Hello. Hi. Thank you for
1: having me. Oh, Oh, my gosh. Thanks for coming on.
2: I love that you guys sound like, if I close my eyes, I'd be like, oh, my God, they sound like they could be Simpsons characters. Oh, my God. (gasps) Especially (laughs) when you... You, um, when you did the intro in unison, um, I was
0: like, "Oh my god, they could be, <laughs>
1: Helen, <you're
2: laughs> right and could be one of the And it's only eleven or- in
1: the morning, so you know this is like a good second cry for me.
2: If I had a Ma Hagerly's pickle to offer you
1: oh, in consolation, you. I would. Like, yeah, like you guys want a pickle? I you guys actually- pickle fans? I'm a huge pickle fan. Oh. I'm a pickle mayor. <laughs> Listen, I can- <laughs> pickle mayor. I'm the mayor of pickle town Oh, I I heard that as N A R E. <laughs> I'm a pickle mayor. <laughs> Which? Well, means, thanks, but- I heard that too. You know, like, uh, like
2: was, is that someone who p- eats pickles and Winnies? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think so, kind of. <laughs> I'm going to
2: challenge you as mayor of Pickle because I'm Korean American and we pickle mm. the hell out of things. I you would know, say we're that all about the pickles.
0: You are, and you let me eat them, and I'm so happy that you do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do zero of the work, but can, you, reap can there all be the two rewards? mayors <laughs> Oh, co-mares Co-mayor. that ride on mares and, <laughs> and into the sunset, and then we're done. Bye. What a nice world.
0: (laughs) This is the future the liberals want. Mm.
1: All those lefty pickle eaters. Mm. I want that over Snowflake. I think that should be the new Snowflake. You lefty Lefty pickle eater. (laughs) I'll take it. I'll be like, crunch, crunch. so true. (laughs) Fucking watch me. I can take down a jar. Not to brag. I could take down a jar. I'm just saying. I was at uh, Cantor's Deli
2: last night at 2 o'clock in the morning and literally ate... Probably a jar and a half of their free pickles. So it's ironic that we're
1: talking about this because. I'm full of pickles at this very moment. It's Can I beautiful. share? Um, the last time I had Cantor's pickles was on my wedding night um, <laughs> because I got married up the street at what was formerly uh, Cinna Family Silent Movie Theater. Oh yeah! And so we had like our after party thing at the Kibbets Room at Cantor's, uh, and I just I, I drank a lot, so I was doing it right, right, right. Pickle juice. Um, but yeah, I was drinking pickle juice. Um, I think uh, they have a there? pickle juice cocktail there. Yeah.
0: Oh, they do. They
2: do.
1: Yeah. Well, I I was going to say that I just have a vivid memory of uh, me in my wedding dress at the counter ordering pickles and being like, yes, give me two (laughs) bags.
0: They had to and cut you off on these pickles, They ma'am. had
1: to cut me off. <laughs> they should have cut me off sooner because I, I ate the pickles, and then let's just say I revisited those pickles. Oh, no. I know. Oh, my poor, sweet husband oh. had, to, had to pat me on the back <laughs> as I was going through
2: that.
0: In your wedding dress? In my wedding dress. That's actually dress. kind <laughs> of
2: a sweet story.
1: Hey, thank it's you. It's gross, but sweet. Thank Somebody you. should draw
0: it. Okay, listeners, draw
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how it works, right? Yes, I think so. I
0: would and... love,
2: if I was randomly at Cantor's like, late at night and I just saw a girl in a wedding dress drunkenly trying to get more pickles, I'd be like, <sighs> I, mean, I love L.A. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I was
1: also wearing sneakers I love the world in my wedding and-
2: dress, so it was that. like a whole,
0: yeah. It's I, you. I don't regret anything. I think that's lovely. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to regret hearing the Wikipedia uh, <laughs> synopsis. Wow,
1: you are so good at what you do.
0: Sometimes I'm really bad, and you confuse it for good, and I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's how we work. Can I tell you, I'm, I'm sorry to break this news to you, but there is no synopsis on the Wikipedia. What? No, you're crumpling up your paper. <laughs> what? You're starting to storm out. You're putting away the, the cans, as they call them in the radio industry. Uh, if there's the, a the table headphones. in here, she'd flip it. Oh, you guys. Yeah.
0: I'm not sure if you heard the sound, but for all you ASMR heads...
1: Can we get that again? Crunching paper. Mm, That's good. (laughs) That goes down good. (laughs) Um, I mean, we could also just summarize it ourselves, I suppose. Yeah. Well, let's give the honors to Helen since this is the
0: episode that you picked. Can you kind of just walk us through a very basic synopsis of this episode for those who have not seen it? The basic
2: synopsis is that Marge goes to her very gay hairdresser who Mm -hmm. discloses to her that she has been going gray for years and just never told her. Oh, my gosh. she's like what and because of you know she's famously blue haired mm-hmm. and she so uh, goes and she she's watching him like mix up the concoction of horrible chemicals to make her blue headed again and she's like you know what i'm just going to go natural this this time and see what happens so marge goes completely gray And everyone freaks out. (laughs) Like, the family freaks out. Homer's like, don't ruin your marriage by saying anything horrible. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the ladies in the supermarket say all these, like, horrible, disparaging comments to her. And she realizes, like, what a feat it is to sort of be a gray-haired lady. Mm -hmm. And then, should I give away the ending? go for yeah, it. Yeah, sure. she eventually just caves and goes back to the blue. Well, because you, mm-hmm. you, you have to reset. You have to reset. Yeah. Uh,
0: so why this
2: episode? What about this
0: episode speaks to you?
2: Well, it's so funny that I, You know, that I was invited to come on this podcast when I was because I had just spent um, a month with my parents, Mm -hmm. which is a lot. I mean, not (laughs) continuously, but my parents were in Orange County for, like, the tail end of wintering. My mom was wintering in Buena Park all winter. Wintering? Wintering.
1: I've never heard that term before. Yeah, she was wintering
2: in Buena Park, and then my dad joined her for the last month. So I was seeing my parents a lot, and my parents have both gone completely gray. They're in their 70s, and my dad literally said to me, Oh to go gray in Korean society is one of the bravest things <laughs> that one can do. Wow. I mean it really takes real steely soul bravery. Wow. <laughs> and i was like what are you talking about? <laughs> oh my gosh. But um, actually if you know how um Koreans like how kind of superficial about looks Korean society is Mm-hmm. I believe it. Really? Yeah. So I believe interesting. It. Yeah. Like, he said he was on the subway in Seoul, and people would just... Tsk, Whoa, tsk, tsk really? Is, and... there
0: a, is there an idea that you're letting yourself go to not upkeep a, a you know... What respect do looking...
2: you have yeah. for me, a stranger... Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: you've witnessing lot, you on the subway.
2: You've let yourself go, things have gone horribly wrong, maybe you're in financial dire straits and you can't afford oh these self-improving things, but he said literally everyone into their 80s in Korean society they all dye their hair, they do, you know, I don't know if you guys know that um plastic... South Korea is the plastic surgery capital of the world.
0: I may have heard that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So is... Do you happen to know if that's... Uh, if, if the reasons not go great, other than the reasons we've said, is is it really just an overall, like, wanting to stay young? I mean, obviously, Americans have this as well with, mm-hmm. you know, we, we also want to appear young for a long time. But mm-hmm. is that really just the foundation of it, do you think? Or is there something more to yeah, it? Yeah. It's just... It's just a keeping up
2: appearances and wanting... I don't if it's so much wanting. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there must be an element of wanting to stay young, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of keeping up appearances and just and being like, oh, I have the financial resources to mm-hmm. do everything mm-hmm. that I can to you know, present myself in a certain light, you know. Right.
0: Yeah. And so we see Marge go through a, a version that, you know, is obviously in Springfield and specific to the people of Springfield. But it does seem like a pretty universal idea of kind yeah. of like, oh, wow, like, I didn't know that we were allowed to do that. Yeah.
2: And it brings up a lot of, like, ideas of feminism and women's empowerment. And, of course, Lisa's like, I'm proud of you, mom. Mm-hmm. And then when, at the end, when she goes back to blue, she's like, I'm still proud of you, mom. Because as a woman, <laughs> anything you do is pretty feminist.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, feminist, just... Yeah, the empowerment of that <laughs> anything a woman does, sure. you know, any choice they make emphatically, <laughs> which I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. But yeah, <laughs> it brings up a lot of interesting points and themes in this episode of like the kind of bravery that we assign these kind of, it's... you know, superficial moves and the attention that Marge receives can at once seem good as well as like damaging right. in the same moment. Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: I just thought that was so funny that my dad had just associated like going gray with like true bravery, like
0: honor. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like,
2: fighting in war is brave, or yeah, absolutely, you know, or like standing up to a bully is brave. But like, like, but but maybe there is an element. There is an element of like standing up to a bully by going yeah, gray. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, the media being a bully. Yeah. yeah, you know, society. Yeah, the ultimate bully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So what did you feel watching Marge go gray when you saw this for the first time? I did uh, I did think the first time
2: I saw her as a gray-haired woman, I was like,
0: ah! <laughs> oh my God, something is terribly wrong!
2: Because <laughs> it's true that... Her blue hair is just mm.
1: well. She, isn't she like
0: thirty-eight or like Homer's thirty-eight, and so she's like maybe even a little younger? Oh my
1: god, that's hilarious! I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Let me look it up. One <laughs> second, let's take a quick. We've moment. discussed how um, they've like shifted the timeline of like when they met from the seventies to the nineties, right? And, like you know, because nobody could anticipate them being on the air this long. Right. So, so it's really anyone's game. What is it at this point? Are they in their thirtieth season or what? About approaching their 30th season. I think ah. they're, um, like, signed on contractually through Fox to maybe 30, but I think they're at, like, 28 or 29.
0: Uh, so she's 36 and Homer's
1: 39.
0: Uh. You can go gray at that, absolutely. At that age. <laughs> I know people that are my age that are mm-hmm. uh, going gray. Has uh anyone in this room had a gray hair experience? I'm starting to go gray. Yeah. How did you feel when you found was it like Marge where it's kind of like, "Oh my gosh, a gray hair." Or yeah, was it kind of like I
2: was kind of freaking out? Really? Yeah, and because well, thankfully my grays are starting sort of like buried in the back, like buried sort of in the middle, so That's I nice them, Yeah. <laughs> it's not like the grays are but um but i started freaking out because like i think i have found that like you know you find one stray gray randomly like when you're young but then <laughs> i started finding like a patch of gray oh, and i'm yeah. like oh
1: my god right. and then this is
2: when you know it's official when you find a gray down there hair
1: <laughs> oh no
2: i have found a gray down do there do you
1: mean hair. your chin <laughs> yeah, <I'm just>
0: <laughs> yes mm-hmm. a gray toe hair <laughs> wow. oh. and i'm like oh my
2: god what is oh, my... <laughs> yeah cuz you can't you can't dye your pubes, I don't think. Some have tried. I, yeah, I was going to say,
1: I'm sure there's a community of people <laughs> who would beg to differ.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are Americans. There yeah. are ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Should I've, you want to? Yeah. We yeah. embrace right. the natural here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess, did you anticipate having that reaction, or was that reaction a surprise to you?
2: The reaction was, a, it was just a visceral shock. Mm-hmm. It, there's something viscerally like, you know because I was, like, bathing, and I was like, oh, my God, what <laughs> the, uh? but, um, but, yeah, but it's so funny that I, I'm, like, if I go grayer, I probably will start dyeing my hair. I love mm. that the concept of, like, putting toxic chemicals next to my brain is acceptable, <laughs> but putting toxic chemicals next to my hoo-ha. Yes. No. No. Uh, one no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> was <laughs> that your
1: hoo-ha talking? Yeah. That's
0: I pretty I was beautiful. Like, ah. <laughs> um, so one thing to to address is that this is a later episode mm-hmm. of The Simpsons. If you're looking at, you know, a lot of our listeners are kind of more of the classic yeah. age um, of The Simpsons. Well, I picked
2: this because I, I knew probably, like, a lot of the, b- the tried and true beloved ones that had already been talked about. Right, right. right. So...
0: What is your relationship to The Simpsons? Was there ever a point that you kind of fell off and then you kind of get got back into it? Um, how, you know, in addition to liking this episode, because it's like, you know, there's a special reason that connects you and your family. Like, uh, when did you watch it for the first time and how did you get into later Simpsons?
2: I have fallen off now, I guess. I have I guess I've been off The Simpsons train for a few years now. Because um, I realized when I was invited to come on, I'm like, gosh, I haven't really sat down to watch a Simpsons episode in mm-hmm. quite a while. So I started clicking around sort of with some of the later episodes. And, and because this one came up and because I had just had that experience with my parents, I was yeah. like, oh, this is kind of a cool one. I'll do this one. I do remember vaguely seeing this one a few years ago. But um, I haven't been a regular Simpsonite yeah. Is that what we're is that what we're calling Springfieldians? it? Springens or yeah.
1: Simpsonites. Simpsonites. That sounds a little bit more yeah. like you're in control of the hey. world. I'm a Simpsonite.
2: Yeah. I haven't been since um probably like right after college. Yeah. Which I think is probably when yeah. most of us are like at max Simpsonite.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. You're at, like I've absorbed at, all that I can absorb. Simpsonite reg? Yeah. (laughs) Now I'm working a shitty entry-level job (laughs) and hating my life. Yeah. Uh, Well,
0: so I mentioned that just because this is my first time watching this episode. Um, Julia, have you seen this episode before? No, no. This
1: is my first time as well.
0: Yeah, first time. One thing that came to mind just in terms of like certain facts... Stay with you no matter what. Is that in Secrets of a Successful Marriage, when Homer is teaching the class, and that's a much earlier episode, uh, one of the secrets that he tells about Marge is that she's been gray for years and has gray's been gray as a mule and has mm-hmm. been like using this specific bottle. And it's little moments like that where you kind of have to step back and accept like the show's been on for so long that they truly could not like upkeep like the <laughs> canon, right, can- right? Canonical aspect of the show. And so I wanted to address that to some of the listeners who are probably like, I feel like she's been. Grey before, but like they've never done, and like for all we know, this episode happened before *Secrets of a Successful Marriage* Ah, because they all reset, right? (laughs) You know, they could really happen at any time if you think about it. Yeah,
1: yes. Which I guess we do. Which I guess we do. Um, yeah, that, that also, uh, there's another moment in this episode that made me consider, like, what was canon- canonical about it. Um, the moment with Patty and Selma when, you know, Marge has to sit down with them. Right. And is like, sort of asking for their advice, you know, well, you guys have been gray for years. And they correct her and say, you know, we haven't. This is just smoke and ash. And then they, like, which is a funny joke. They, like, you know, basically pat their heads and, like, it dust, you know, reveals, like, I think one of them is a redhead and the other one is kind of like blonde or something. Platinum blonde. Yeah. They're super hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Should we accept that as canon? What, you know, what should we do? Yeah,
0: it's such an interesting question. Like, I'm curious what our listeners think of, like, so there is obviously a divide of people who, you know, like certain eras, and um, some people might choose to not accept certain things as truths, like the 90s episode or, Mm-mm. you know... um, any other number of like that Frank Grimes like had a son or like you know, different things. Right. Like I'm curious. So listeners let us know, do you do you consider everything that's happened in the Simpsons canon? Because technically it is, obviously, it's the mm-hmm. Simpsons,
1: or do you are there certain things where you're just kinda like, now that's too far? Right. And the Simpsons, you know, the way that it's kind of been since the beginning is that it's pretty contained, even though they do have episodes where they reference things that have been established in like previous seasons. Mm-hmm. But you know, they generally the attitude of it has been like like each episode, you know, should be sort of observed and, and contained within itself. That, mm. like, you know, don't worry so hard about, you know, the foundation of or, or the references that could betray the story that they're trying to tell. I think especially true in the later seasons.
2: Oh, yeah. I wonder if they have, like, a Simpsons research person that's just in the room that's right. like, um excuse me. I
0: think that's the fans. <laughs> <laughs> the fans on because Twitter. Because
2: even the showrunners at this point couldn't possibly... Right, keep up with I all feel the like, canon stuff.
1: I feel like that there is that person specifically for Game of Thrones yes. or something. I think it actually is Game of Thrones, but th- they should have it for this. Yeah, season. that's a really great oh point. Gosh, like, they absolutely should. You know, the historian in the room, especially the because <laughs> of the
2: the ra- the rabid rabidity rabidness of the fan base. Yeah, that there's always going to be like just you know an uproar if if you do get something wrong
1: well i think about that all the time if like you know uh, it would be wonderful to be hired on the simpsons today but i think about that you know you're hired in, oh thanks um for people that are hired now because i certainly have not seen every episode so where do i start i mean i've had difficulty working on a season two of a show right and trying to understand all the stories that they've covered you know that to me feels really overwhelming and intimidating but you know perhaps it's not that big a deal
0: well, so Josh uh, Weinstein, uh, when he was at Stonecutters, which, uh, for those that know, is uh, the trivia show that Julie is a part of that was at Meltdown that's so great, and he would be a guest a couple times, and he picked a couple episodes, and in them would realize that In the two episodes he did that were in the same season, there were two very similar jokes. He's just like, oops. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another thing about him, which is kind of funny, Alex Hirsch, who was our first ever guest, uh, he was the creator of Gravity Falls. If you have not listened to that episode, go back into the archives. Um, But he hired Josh to work on Gravity Falls, and Josh would pitch a joke. And Alex has that very good retention of being able to Mm. know, like, hmm, the Simpsons did that. But what was funny is that Josh would pitch something and Alex would go, like, I think that's a Simpsons joke when the reality is just like, no, that's just the sense of humor of the Simpsons writer who wrote that joke in the first place. Exactly, (laughs) yeah.
1: But I love, like, his sensibility was to be, like, a sleuth about it. It's so funny. I don't know. (laughs) You're you're giving me dribble that you've already recycled. (laughs) It's
0: so fun. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's it's something that I recommend to um, our listeners is to just look up all the shows that the Simpsons writers have gone on to do Mm. Um, that's actually going to be one of the chapters of the Simpsons book we wrote yeah definitely yeah -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's just a whole world of like television that like people have either they wrote on before they started the Simpsons and then also stuff that they've done after which is very fun Mm -hmm. Um, but to, to start with this episode uh, we we addressed earlier that it takes place like Valentine's it's kind of the Valentine's Day episode yeah uh, we start with Crazy Cat Lady she falls in love with what looks like a mailman with puppies
1: yeah he has uh, dogs she has cats they both speak in gibberish <laughs> I watched this episode with closed captions let me just tell you <laughs> what a treat I didn't actually it just yeah it was perfect yeah I, I didn't I don't remember putting the closed captions on myself, but they just appeared that way as a gift from God. Um, and so to see them have this like meat cute and gibberish going back and forth was really delightful.
0: I was terrified that Carl and Lenny uh, have dates that have the same faces as each other. Did you guys? So they're... they were sisters. It's so scary.
2: They were their sisters. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, so that's right. And they they just had different colored hair, right?
0: Yeah. So basically, they're both d- going on dates with
2: each other's sisters, sisters yeah S-
0: sisters she's sisters and um it's just very weird to see a woman two women with Lenny and Carl's faces like yeah. it was just like <laughs> oh no
1: it didn't have the same uh effect as Bugs Bunny as a female or well dress, maybe it's maybe up. it's
2: one of those things where you say like you know allegedly people are attracted to people that look like themselves
1: oh totally so maybe
2: it was just their impression of like oh the ideal woman looks just like <laughs> yeah. me yeah
1: that's so funny and we also know that they have a slight flirtation so you know maybe that was part of it. Ah. they wanted to i don't know they seem like the open season for their sexual preferences <laughs> Uh, no,
0: no. So there are a couple really good jokes in this moment. Um basically Mo is uh Homer's kind of worried that Moe's not gonna have Valentine's Day plans because he's kind of a Mo. And
1: uh, <laughs> aptly put.
0: Thank you. And uh, you know he Mo is watching the TV and we see Hitler and Eva Braun uh, <laughs> are together. It's just like, you know, they, they're they hitting it off. It's like, oh. Oh, even you disappoint me. <laughs> or even you let me down, Hitler. <laughs> um, and then we also got, a some, great joke. We got some yeah. other good jokes of like, your love life is like Sister Act 3. No Whoopi. And this is from Dr. Kissinger.
1: Yes.
2: Kissing her. Kissing her. Kissing her. Wait, Whoopi Goldberg it. was not in Sister Act 3?
1: I guess so. I learned Based that. Based on this
0: joke, I would say what? No. It's a great
1: joke. <laughs> I do love great that, that style of joke. Um, <laughs> I'm still, my mind is blown. I know, I'm still so
0: processing can, we that. We can take a moment. <laughs> Let's actually do that. It's, it's time for a little bit of a break. Ooh.
2: Are you tired of trying to keep up with the news cycle? Is bad stuff happening too fast for you to process? Don't you wish there was an easy way to find out about only the most important info you need? Hi, we're Lisa. (laughs) And Emily. (laughs) Why don't you try our podcast, Baby
0: Geniuses? On each episode of our podcast, we discuss a weird Wikipedia page such as Flatulence Humor, Clamato, Catalan
2: Witches, Slippy the Microsoft Office Helper, Death during consensual sex, and the talking mongoose. We ask each other stupid questions.
1: Uh, <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you got a packet with like 300 seeds in it, what kind of plant would you choose the seeds to be? <laughs> <laughs> that felt like you were assigned to ask me a question and there were certain words you weren't allowed to use. We talk about Martha Stewart, her pony, and other celebrity
2: horse news. Ben Chunch. Every other week on baby Maximum geniuses, Fun with baby geniuses. Baby geniuses tell us something we don't know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. You're on board. What do you say we uh, we do all of this and put it into a podcast? Yeah, okay. You think? All right. Uh, should we call it like I don't know? Can I pet your dog? Sure. All right. Uh, what do you what do you say we put it on every Tuesday on Maximum Fun or on iTunes? Sounds, Sounds the- good to me. Meeting's over. And we're back. Yeah. Uh, so, Julia, what did you find from your research on Sister Act three?
1: I found that there is no Sister Act three in <laughs> existence. Oh no! I did oh. find an article with the headline: Whoopi Goldberg wants to direct Sister Act three and is confident the movie will happen. I wow. think maybe wow. we were confusing. Yeah. Maybe we were confusing the presence of Sister Act three, or sorry, Sister Act the musical, perhaps. Mm. And, I think uh, it's even
2: funny. I think the joke that The Simpsons wrote is even funnier. It that is. yeah. That there
1: is there is no Whoopi because there is no Sister Actory. <laughs> and the fact that it happened in 2011, too. Maybe that was the last time that there were rumors circulating. Oh, my
0: God, that's so funny. I will say this, like, watching this episode, there were moments where I'm just like, what year is this? Because they were referencing, like, 127 hours and, like, uh, a few other things that I was just like, this feels very, like, middle 2000s. And it was very interesting. I don't know. I mean, I so rarely watch things that kind of like set them in the time. Right. But it it was, it felt very just like, oh, a lot of references to movies that like either just came out mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, very funny. I don't know. It's
1: easy to conflate the early aughts too, even though this is technically not the early aughts, it's 2011. I don't know, guys.
0: <laughs> um, so basically, after we have all the Valentine's Day stuff, we get Dr. Kissinger. And there's this very eerie moment that I just want to talk about where someone's, you know, uh, Dr. Kissinger is saying that there are moments, there are, there are people for everybody. There's someone out there for everybody. Yeah. And then a woman that looks like Mo hangs
1: herself. <laughs> <laughs> she's about to hang herself. We don't know if she's going to hang herself. And that's not, that's a similar joke I'm sure that they would defend as no uh, funeral Mo. Right, similar joke because as we know, Mo is very suicidal and has been since day one. But the fact that there is no dialogue from her that states like this is just jokey joke times. It's just like we get a glimpse of a woman about to die, and then that's it, and then that's it. <laughs> There's a <laughs> lot of weird I don't know jokes in this that episode. Hilarious.
2: I think it's because I. Like, that's sort of how I feel every time I see one of those horrible eHarmony commercials (laughs) with that dreadful doctor who's apparently an (gasps) anti-Semite who just comes on as like if you not found the
1: love of your life oh right, come on over take, to e-harmony exactly. take it from me the most virile man in america i can but, barely stand for longer than five minutes without breaking a sweat but you're only allowed if you're christian okay <laughs> hang yeah hang yeah yourself.
0: exactly uh, so after that Moment, <laughs> uh, we we go to the Simpsons household, and Homer and Marge were very, very in the
1: middle of something. I was going to say this is a big horny Marge it's episode. It's a very horny episode, but it's a horny Marge and horny Homer episode, which is rare. We don't often see a horny Homer. Well, yes, um, and and this kind of goes with. Um, it seems like the way that they treat Valentine's Day in this episode, it feels like. Um, This has been a time-honored tradition that everybody goes balls out for every year. (laughs) In in fact, they do not. This is sort of the first time that we're seeing this make a presence in the Simpsons world. And not only that, um, Homer, they've gotten fairly uh, kinky in their Valentine's Day celebrations. (laughs) And Homer stumbles upon, uh, or he tries to get out of bed, but is tied down with a necktie to the post of the bed. Yes. This also feels like it's within the same time as um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Kind of getting popularity, oh, perhaps. I don't know good if that was. Call. I, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna not research that and just think that I'm yeah. real smart. Um. <laughs> I think this is one of the sweet, one of the things that I like about this episode too.
2: Is like, you know, Marge is a horny lady, and yeah. she damn straight mm-hmm. she needs to get some. Like yes. kinda, I like the idea that sometimes she just gets her way, and I love it. It's like
1: balls to the wall. We're big fans of Horny Marge. In fact, mm. our uh, Max Fun Drive enamel pin <gasps> just says Horny Marge. What? Yes, no. With a little blue cloud of of Marge like hair. Uh, Fox Don't Legal uh, cannot <laughs> confirm nor deny that they it is a copyright infringement. It's, you want to Yeah, it's just a cloud of blue hair. They look so cool too. Not They're to great. go into a full commercial for our own enamel. Pins, but um, I get a sense that if you wear a horny Marge enamel pin out and about around town, that people are going to think that not only you're a cool person for listening to a Max Fun podcast like this one, <laughs> um, but it kind of looks like, for people that don't know, it looks like a cool band pin, which I think is the best kind of enamel pin.
0: I agree. And mm-hmm.
1: Horny Marge is a great band name. Thank you. So
0: Max Fun reached its goal of the 25,000 new and old oh, yeah. members. Uh, so, Thanks, what that...
1: listeners. I know. I'm yeah. so excited. It was so cool. It was so, our first Max Fun drive. It was the and best. So, yeah, you know, couldn't have had a better experience.
0: It's uh, yeah, it's so great. And so what that means is that anyone who donated ten dollars or more um, has access to the enamel pens. Hell yeah! And it's very very cool. Get you
2: some enamel pins. Yes the the horny march one I I now desperately need to have one and then our pin go fact yourself <laughs> by the way my podcast is called go fact yourself I and love you gotta it. say it in that sort of I aggressive tone like, mm-hmm. go fact yourself I think I saw your enamel pin what is it it's just a brain with like electric bolts coming out of it that's so that's like, cool brain power guys brain power which is less <laughs> fun than the horny march
1: I oh, beg to differ yeah, but Come it's on. less horny Yes. <laughs> that is a fact. Or, I disagree to <laughs> all or other facts. more horny. Brains
0: are the most horny. <laughs> they
1: are. Because that's where horniness comes from. <laughs> horniness
0: comes from the heart and the brain. Oh.
1: Okay. And the hoo-ha.
0: And the hoo-ha. What?
1: Children that are listening, I just want you to know that we're not actually giving you a lesson in uh, biology. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so in this moment, to go back to it, uh, Marge discovers her first gray hair. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just like a cute little...
1: It's t- a little, t- yeah. yeah it's a little twirl of a little,
0: yeah. Um. So basically, uh, we're gonna play this clip of her in the hairdresser. Um. To, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit up top, but let let's hear how this goes down with them.
2: March, it's time I told you the truth. You've been grayer than a Seattle Cinco de Mayo for years now. Really? really? Jesse dye not only colors your hair, but the fumes wipe the experience from your mind. Jimothy, Aquanetta, it's touch of time. Gloves and foil, people. Let's go. Crinkle, crinkle.
0: <coughs> oh, Janice, I'm so sorry. Can we reschedule? It's a battle of the
1: blue and gray here, and I am Abraham Lincoln, baby. <laughs> That's Hank Azaria, right? It must be. Must be. Yeah, he's so good. So good. I didn't catch that the first time that I watched this episode. um, He's almost reprising his role from- from the um, birdcage. Yeah. Very birdcage. I was thinking the same thing. Well, I was going to say that line where he says, like, the toxic chemicals wipe the experience from your brain. It's like (laughs) such a great joke that also covers up the logic and keeps everything, you know, trucking along in this episode. Because I'm sure there are people at home that were going to flip a table. (laughs) Like Allie did earlier. But yeah. What
2: was the What was his assistant's name? Someone was named Aquanetta. And what was the other one?
1: Jimothy. Jimothy? I'm a big fan of one degree off names, too. <laughs> Jimothy, I, I think actually that was the one that I was like, wait, what? Because my husband and I, we are constantly like making up stupid non-names like Brobby and Glan and um, Jennifer. <laughs> oh, I actually just had this weird moment where
2: I like I'm desperate to get a dog soon, mm-hmm. and I'm like like bouncing around possible names for my dog, and I thought of Clively.
1: Clively, it's a good name.
2: Clively, that's really cute. isn't that
1: cute, kind of cute. Yeah, I was like,
2: Clive Owen and Blake Lively, but it's neither.
1: It's Clively. <laughs> <I love> it. <laughs> when we were, um, I fostered a dog uh, a couple years ago, but. Didn't want to get attached to it because my husband already had two cats. It's hard. It's really hard. Um, so we used a similar tactic but kind of flipped where we just kept calling the dog a different non-name so that we wouldn't get attached. And did that work? Kind of. Brabie was the one that we used the most. And we did, ended up not adopting the dog, though I love dogs. Especially oh. if if can I pet your dog? The podcast is listening. Uh, I love dogs, uh-huh. um, but uh, yeah, we we ended up um, just sticking with the two cats. Uh. But yeah, but Barabi's somewhere out there. Uh, to Barabi, uh. to Barabi. Uh, so
0: so basically, Marge comes back and has decided to. Uh, go on at your owl and is gray, and obviously the family responds in an interesting way. Uh, jaws drop. Homer like uses his foot to close the mouth of yeah. one of the family members. <laughs> um, there's a moment where he, the whole family kind of realizes that they have weird hair, which of course reminds us of Oh my Malibu. God, that's right. Stacey. I forgot about you that. You all yeah. have awful, awful hair. Yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's this moment where... Uh, does it, isn't there a moment where Bart's like,
2: "Wait,
1: where does my hairline start?" Yes, there's I'm a lot of weird draw meta line line jokes. On. Yeah, <laughs> and and they really linger on this meta joke. <laughs> I, it's they're making interesting choices in these later seasons um, because I was also going to we kind of cruised past it. Um, but there's an earlier kind of meta joke of when um, Homer witnesses Mo being kind of sad and alone on Valentine's Day. He keeps opening the door to check on him, and there's like a different reaction every time until Mo eventually says, "Hey, stop opening doors." Right? <laughs> kind of meta. But then this is like full balls to the wall meta yeah. where you know they're like both Bart and Lisa are staring at the reflection in the mirror and just freaking out, <laughs> going like, "Head, head, 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 hair, but where does the hairline? <gasps> okay, I'm gonna draw one." And like, I think they kind of also have a callback to it later. It's just. A really interesting choice
0: it is um so one of the jokes that made me laugh was uh you have homer closing his eyes just trying to visualize marge as a bond girl and wakes up he's like ah judy dench <laughs> yeah that's pretty funny <laughs> that seemed very old school simpsons um one of my favorite actually this line really made me laugh too millhouse so at the schoolyard the kids are kind of talked about what marge looks like and millhouse says um what happened to your mom's hair? Did she see something scary, like a vampire on Sesame Street? They <laughs> should really warn you that guy's coming.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of really good Millhouse lines in this.
0: That's a good one. It's really good. Millhouse is a lot like two, uh, three. the uh, listeners. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I love <laughs> it. Uh, Millhouse is a lot like my favorite listeners, who like really are just like, they should really warn you that you're about to make those types of jokes. Like <laughs> that's fair. <laughs>
1: yeah, I hear you. I respect you. Well, but how would they warn you? Warning. <laughs> joke coming he could count down the way that he hey, usually can but that's scary <laughs> but that is scary you're right there is no solution to this <laughs> they should just take it off the air <laughs> uh
0: so at this point we get the supermarket scene uh-huh. uh, which we have a clip up. we're gonna play it right now
2: marge your hair it's fantastic well thank you no thank you for your bravery mm. i hope i look
1: half as good as you when i give up such audacity
2: here like that when she went to sleep in her forever box
1: (laughs) classic ralph
0: Um, Forever box. So yeah, this is this is Marge when she's kind of decided to debut her look and is just trying to be a lady and we get the, uh, the Ma Haggerly's pickle jar and she realizes <laughs> that she looks a lot like the person on the cover. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's not too happy about that and when she is checking out, uh, the woman who is there is trying to imply that she might have a, a- AARP membership, yeah. uh, which leads to a lot of buildup of like, a
1: A no, no. I'm not in a yeah a lot of A A no, <laughs> I don't have to. like four diamonds to any place that's got a lid on the toilet, which is a true statement. And you can tell that one of the writers that wrote that somebody heard really them. felt it. They really felt that. Doesn't she make a comment about Westways
2: Magazine, which yeah. I think is really funny?
1: It's really funny. Just a bunch I'm not of a filler member. articles. Yeah, uh,
0: but there was a gil esque yes character. Do you want to
1: speak to that? Yes. Um, so uh, I think whichever item that she's shopping for, she's like, I I don't want this anymore. So um, the checker says, well, we have a young man who'll do that for you and take it back. And then, you know, Gil shows up. And of course, Gil is fairly old and, and not sprightly. Um, but he has a moment. I didn't quite get the full line, but he says something like, oh, I hope, I hope taking this item back takes me by the freezer section. And something about like sticking his head near the freezer makes him feel like he's on a ski vacation. So, you know, Gil, I'm sure uh, is understood in the writer's room as like the easiest character to write for because right. you know he's his spirit is unrelenting and I just love it he's the best. <laughs>
0: Um, so we check back in on Bart, uh, who was fighting with Milhouse because of the mom comments. And, yeah. Uh, Which Bart- I just, sorry no, to interrupt, but I just
1: wanted to say really quick because the, this Milhouse episode, so we get like a, uh, a lot of really good lines from him that, you know, as we discuss, like feels like a lot of the listener reaction, warn us first, whatever. But then he kind of like the scene turns into something that is fairly relatable going to grade school and going to high school. Yeah. Of like your friends kind of making inappropriate comments about your mom.
2: Yeah, because totally. isn't he like, isn't he, like doesn't milhouse say something like she's not she used to be a milf right or yeah, and now, now she's like, like
1: well i've said that she used to be and it's like nothing could satisfy he's just <laughs> digging his grave deeper and then of course bart snaps
0: yeah and so he has to go to the school psychologist uh to you know it becomes clear that he's not going to open up and so he leaves him with the dr thera bear and uh there's this moment where you know Bart is like I know that there's a camera in you starts to rip out all the stuffing and you see Skinner and Chalmers just like they never think to look bef- behind the Jazz Fest poster.
2: <laughs> it's a great joke. I really enjoyed that joke. I also like in that scene like isn't it the door they're not able to close the door Yes. Yeah. and so everybody like all the kids walking by can see that you're in <laughs> a session with a school psychologist.
0: That is yeah. a real thing I remember having to go to school psychologists and them making zero effort to keep it discreet. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, like yeah, I yeah. would be in the
0: middle of a class and then uh, like I was in a film class and uh, we were watching, uh, I think, Silence of the Lambs. So I was very scared because it was during the I was not a child. It was like high school. Cool. High school. Yeah. But I even still even still. Even, but we were, even still. So we were watching it and I was terrified. And it's the scene where it's like the uh, night vision goggles. So it's very oh. tense. And then I hear behind me, Allison. And I jumped and I was like almost screamed. And he's just like, it's time for therapy. And I'm just like, why did what? you have to say it out loud? Yes. <laughs> um, so they would always do that. So I very much related to that yeah. type of joke. Uh. Well,
1: around this moment, too, and I, th- I think that, like, the doorlessness of it is probably especially true now. Oh, yeah. Given the state of things. Seriously. But, um, yeah. But then we have a really funny moment with Sherry and Terry kind of cruising by and teasing him about it. And the detail revealed that they are frequent attendees to um, therapy because they were born as, like... triplet Triplet conjoined <laughs> twins. And that what happened like the third broke off and is seeking revenge. It's so... Eerie. It's really dark,
0: it's really, <laughs> with, really dark. With that and the Mo woman who hangs herself. I have to say, this is one of the darker Simpsons episodes. They were, they, were, they were having the writers were having a moment. They were having a moment. Oh, one of the okay. So here's one of the references that made me wonder: like, what year is this episode? Because uh, Homer goes to Club Zipless to be a wingman, and they make a bend it, bend it like Beckham joke. Oh, which what? is kind of like what year? The number one <laughs> movie,
1: and it has been since it came out. Whenever it did.
0: Okay, I'm remembering now that the the bend. Like Beckham joke is actually uh, Patty and Selma offering to help Marge. Uh, Basically, they're these two hot ladies that are kind of like aware that uh, Homer's going to be at this club, which is like such an interesting version of Homer that I would not have thought I would see. But (laughs) uh, basically, Patty or Selma says something. She's like, "Do you want me to like bend him like Beckham
1: like as a threat?" But it's still like.
0: What? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, it made me laugh, though. Yeah. And we also... So that's the entire B-plot, that Homer is being uh, a wingman to Mo, and then using the doctor kissing her... <sighs> <laughs> wordplay um, methods uh, thank you um, and, and it's basically the game if you've ever read the game you know like the whole negging neg the woman do oh, this do that gosh, you know kind of yeah. thing so um, you know Homer is kind of employing by similar tactics by the way tactics. as an
2: aside I once dated a guy who had like the platinum edition of the game
1: oh, sitting no. on his run don't t- run
2: I was like oh my god I've been nagged into this relationship yeah. can
1: I tell you I used to be a part of a female uh, nonfiction book club uh, called Prose Before Bros. Listen, nice. very proud of that word. Wow. Um, and at one point, normally we would read, like, you know, pop science and other stuff, but we decided to read the game. Oh, because you point. just wanted to be, like, throwing things against the wall yeah. for two weeks? Well, yeah, that that too. But it was also eye-opening to all the times that I had been nagged um, previous, and so it, it was actually, like, Probably one of the, the better books that we read because it was, you know, eye-opening wow. in that way. Yeah.
0: I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we actually have that clip of um, Marge overhearing the two ladies uh, talking about if Homer's going to be at Club Zipless. So let's play that. So do you think
2: Homer's going to be at Club Zipless tonight? I sure hope so. <gasps> Oops. Dropped my stir. Nope. <gasps> Give me a double espresso to go. Ma'am, are you sure that's wise with what I presume is your heart condition? Ah! Woo!
0: Go, Granny, go! Ah! Oh, jeez, she's coming back! Run, bullies, run! She decides she's going to go to the club and look good, and she um, pulls out her mascara and... uh, And becomes uh, a witch. Basically, she's putting her makeup (laughs) on. She gets into a car crash. And then there's like a very like crazy. Do you want to, Helen, do you want to explain like what happens at this moment if you remember it? She, she, doesn't she like,
2: she swerves the car while the mascara is going on. So there's like mascara all over her face. Mm -hmm. And then like her hair also gets disheveled. And then she's like trying to get out of the car and her dress gets ripped so she just kind of transforms more and more
1: into like da 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 da, 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 da and da, that's da, the music right. they're playing yeah <laughs> and I was gonna say that before that we've mentioned on the show previous that like and through our, our past guest Jordan Morris um Max Fun Zone Jordan Morris Jordan Morris <laughs> um, the best Uh but that we uh, enjoy two things from the Simpsons we enjoy Horny Marge and we enjoy Simpsons characters wearing different outfits. Yes. <laughs> and I was going to say that before this, it makes sense now, um, but before the whole witch moment happens, I was like, well, I'll be. You're <laughs> giving me Marge in a black dress with gray hair? <laughs> I'll take it. Like It w- it felt like a little treat. Well, and I'll she be. looks dishy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I
0: said this morning in my kitchen.
2: And at one point she's holding a broom for no reason. Yes. I, and then I, I forget where the broom comes from. I forget. From. It's yeah. from the
0: trash. There's like uh, she's like, you know,
1: she's just making her way over to the club, and she keeps running. Well, into that a bunch makes of sense. It she,
2: does. She just transforms into a witch, and then at some point, cats are following her.
1: Yes, <laughs> I would have almost preser- uh, preferred not to punch up this episode. I mean, forgive me, but if if it cuz let's lean into it being a little bit more nonsensical. I would have almost preferred like an arm that's not attached to a real character but just an arm invading the shot and handing her a broom out of nowhere <laughs> just to sort of, you know, complete the image that to me would have been really funny.
0: I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, you you get her in the club uh which is also just so strange to say, clubs. Yeah. Um in the club. In the club. <laughs> in da and game. hate uh, the club. Do you guys like the club? I'm not a fan of the club. I've never really been a de club person. I like club Soda and Ooh. club
2: crackers. I actually don't mind. Like, I like to dance. Yeah, And sure. I've gone to clubs by, like, just met up with a friend and then just been like, all right, see you later, and just dance.
1: I love it. That's by empowering. Because you're a feminist. Well, yeah. that's great. I mean, I think that that also depends on the kind of music that they play. Yeah, at it's got to be club. a good
2: music club.
1: I would say that good music club is the club, and bad music club is the club. Uh,
2: so that I would make that distinction. Yeah.
1: Um, so I, let's, I dig it. Let's yeah. play this club clip. Marge, what are you doing here? This bar is for singles and wingmen only.
0: That's your
2: wife. Do you see her as we see her? <laughs> Put down that broom. You've got nothing to be afraid of from them. I'm a wingman, part of a great tradition including Val Kilmer from Top Gun, Wedge Antilles from Star Wars, and me from now. And you know why I'm a great wingman? Because I have the confidence that comes from knowing I get to go home to you. (laughs) No. And you know what else this whole experience has taught me? True beauty isn't about
1: hair color? Probably. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a really great line read, too. <laughs>
0: um, so right after this, we we reveal that she does, at the end, go back to her yeah. blue hair color. How do you feel about that? How does that make you... How do you feel?
2: <laughs> I'm conflicted about it, because as... As Lisa says, Lisa's like, I'm proud of you, Mom, that you decided to go back to blue. And she's like, I thought you were proud that I went gray. And she's like, well, you know, as a feminist, I'm proud whatever, you know, whatever you do is is empowering. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I kind of am like, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you kind of caved. Yeah. you right. caved to society. If I may. I I think that there are a lot of wonderful moments in this episode, but the empowerment joke uh, does annoy me. And much like the controversy that has been in the news with Lisa and Apu, there are certain lines that just don't sound right coming out of Lisa's mouth. Yeah, And Lisa saying something that was very clearly written by a man upsets me. And (laughs) I'll just say it. You know, I I agree. I love Lisa. There have been some joking hashtag not my Lisa. And this is kind of a not my Lisa (laughs) moment.
2: I'm so glad you said that because I think that's exactly what kind of bugged me about it. But you actually... but exactly hit, oh, hit good. the nose on the nail or whatever
0: that <laughs> uh, phrase is. Nail on the head. Yeah. Nail on the head. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think
1: that the flightiness of Lisa's empowerment and her strength is something that you definitely see in the later seasons. And it's almost like they're kind of grouping it together with the same meta-commentary on the show itself that you find with the hairline joke and other jokes, but it shouldn't be, yeah. you know, because that is a fundamental truth of her character that should be cemented in the Bible. Yeah. Now, <laughs> in, in the Holy Bible, not the show Bible, of course. Um, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and and I think that that's that's sort of like um, indicative of the later seasons of yeah. The Simpsons that here we they have going to play fast and loose with yeah. tried and true. yeah and and granted I'm not present in in that space Uh, I'm not you know seeing the day to day of the writers room but I can only presume that you know given that the show has been on for a crazy amount of time Mm -hmm. unprecedented the only choice that they have in that to churn out new episodes or to sort of mine that comedy from themselves is to sort of dismantle what used to be like these hard and fast truths about their characters and I don't think that that should be it I think that we should always have strong Lisa Um, Lisa can of course be vulnerable and be self-conscious but the fact that you know she's strong in these certain ways she's strong in empowerment she's strong in her feminism i feel like that should never be tampered with Mm -hmm. i agree agreed Uh, it just uh, makes the whole episode weaker i think
0: i agree one one thing that another canonical question uh we got a little bit of an insight to homer's type of woman oh i love this (laughs) i love the first one tell us who it was
2: Um, because she, so, so doesn't Marge ask Homer, like, what, you know, what is the question that prompts him to start daydreaming about his type of woman? I forget what it is. Yeah. But he starts, like, thinking, and it's, like, Smurfette. Oh, I got it. And then, see, he starts daydreaming about, like, Smurfette, and then, um, the blue woman from
1: Avatar. Yes. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> and then who's the third one? I feel like it, it was Marge. I wrote eventually Marge, but it, I could be missing a detail. But the the question that prompts it is: when I say beautiful woman, what pops into your head? <laughs> right, and then he goes off and daydreams, and we get a classic Simpsons Which joke of, that. of the thought bubble, and you know the different things that Homer is sort
2: of sifting through. I love that. Anytime I see anything that is like Homer and Marge are like just meant to be in kindred spirits and perfect soulmates. Do you
0: think, I think that? Baby Maggie and the eyebrowed baby kissing at the end was also uh, true love. That was I would so bizarre to interesting me. Interesting
1: choice. I hated it. It made me so uncomfortable. I don't like
0: babies kissing. Is that too much to say? I just
1: think that when they kiss, it's not of their own want I
0: think that the writers forced those babies to kiss oh
1: my god Allie Allie you're really you're taking a stab in this that's, that's I, like, I didn't want to be a political podcast
0: the, I, I'm going to make a documentary are. called The Problem with the Babies that Kissed on the
1: Simpsons you should how long of a documentary is that going to be it's going to be two minutes great that's hashtag all I hashtag babies too hashtag <laughs> babies too
2: um, <laughs> um yeah I thought it was gross I, it, it gave me the same feeling as when I see um videos of dogs licking babies' faces and nobody's stopping it yeah I'm yeah. like no no get in there get somebody you, get a wet wipe could,
1: yeah it could do it for a second and and does the baby find joy in it again I don't think that the baby Mm-mm. understands their Gross. emotions well enough to truly experience joy thank you does the baby know yet if they are a germaphobe
0: yes mm-hmm. thank you that's nope. a perfect question um, okay so what is a lesson that you took away from this episode or our discussion of the episode um, what
2: is the lesson? Well, facing down the specter of going gray myself, <laughs> I am going to have to say. Uh, I'm gonna color that shit <laughs> because and that society is, right. is just not ready for uh, 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 younger ladies who just are rocking the gray,
1: right? Which is just... a selfless act for others. Yeah, that witness the gray. <laughs> You're doing them a solid. I I agree with you. going to color my hair. Yeah, and give a shit.
0: Um, and then of the Simpsons universe, is there a character that you find yourself relating to the most?
2: Um, I probably am most like Lisa in that I find it a hard, I'm a female stand-up comedian and, you know, take no shit, kind of broad. And I find, I do find it hard to date.
1: Mm-hmm. I,
2: I find it hard to date as that kind of woman, as, as Lisa does, you know? Yeah. yeah. And because I think that there, I think that's, it's still a little bit, um off-putting to a lot of straight guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard too. It's a similar woman, stand-up comedian, strong lady. Like, I remember when I was single, like, not to say that I'm a whole lot of woman, but yeah, to also kind of yeah. say that, that it, it takes a certain kind of strong man to be able to like, yeah. step up. And you, can, you need somebody that's going to be your equal and yeah. to challenge you and to not be intimidated by the fact that you're like, you know, seeking autonomy in the world and uh, oh my God. going yes. against the grain.
0: Yeah, every single, like the thing that I hear the most of both myself and of women that are like the women in this room and many of the listeners to our podcast, I'm sure, is like, the word intimidating, just like, oh, you're. it's intimidating that you're, like, so strong. And it's like, that's sad. It's not. You right. just need to, like, embrace the Lisa Simpsons of the world. Like, there, there are more and more of them thanks to Lisa being a character on mm. TV, mm-hmm. which is why you take umbrage when she does kind of have those moments right, that right, aren't right. true to her. Because they're kind of silencing the women like us and mm-hmm. the young mm. girls that are going to become more like Lisa
1: Yeah, and I think that definitely my – because I would get that comment as well – I think that any woman that is strong and ambitious can be deemed intimidating. Um, And I think that there was a moment uh, when I was younger that I kind of took that as a compliment. Like, oh, hell yeah, you're intimidated by me. But there is something that is very lonely about that that I don't like. Yeah. And it it sort of paints a picture that I don't agree with.
0: Yeah, I agree. I will just end optimistically, though, in saying, like, obviously, Julia, you have found the perfect husband in the world. I love him. And, uh, (laughs) you know, know, there's... You guys can have pickles together.
1: Yeah, (laughs) we do enjoy a good pickle. I think my perfect
0: partner will hate pickles, so I could always have all of them to myself. You know but what? That's We'll good find too. it. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> to me, perfect relationship is there's a pickle on the plate and no one's fighting
1: over who gets it.
0: But maybe you guys don't fight because you love each other so much you yeah, split the pickle.
1: We do actually. That's that's what makes Mike perfect. He gives me all the pickles. Wait,
0: really quickly. So Julie and I were in Chicago, um, and <laughs> there was uh, we were there for our live show, and uh, she, I gave her I gave her part of my pickle that was. In my bloody mary but then there was a pickle on my plate and she was just like are you gonna eat that pickle?" <laughs> and i was just like yes i am and she said and was- i'm very happy for you <laughs>
1: i feel like i've had this exact same yes.
2: exchange with a friend of mine like yes are you gonna eat
1: that pickle <laughs> yes. yes oh i'm great, happy for you, for you. Right. and i was happy for you listen all, all respect. For a second, I thought I was going to be the monster in the story. No, the you're an angel. No, thank you. But but uh, to me in that moment, I didn't know. Sometimes you get a friend who, she just gave me a pickle. Yeah. Maybe she just gives pickles. There are two types of people in this world, those that give pickles and those that eat. Yeah. And I respect both choices. And
0: I, you know, I was really, uh, I, gave was I gave you a pickle. I gave you a pickle as a pickle lover, which I think is the most noble of oh. acts in the world. So everybody, right. go find the person that's going to give you a pickle or give the pickle out to somebody that you want. We're not using this as a euphemism. No. We're
1: talking um, about literal pickles. I, can I tell you that now this is apropos of nothing. I mean, not it is appropriate because we're talking about pickles, but like, I can't wait the next time we do a live show to just share a jar of pickles. On or, stage. Or you know what my favorite thing is? A pickle plate. Different Ugh. kinds of pickled Ooh, I like vegetables. I like a sour yes. pickle. Ooh, <laughs> sour There used to be, um, and Maybe I think some, it's still. Some green tomatoes. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yummers. There was, um, I think it's still open actually, but uh, uh, this Jewish jelly called Y-Sons in the Mission District in San Francisco. Have mm-hmm. you been? No. No? It's so great. Um, but they have this pickle plate that is per season for whatever <gasps> vegetable is around. What? So it's different every time. Oh. And listen, if I you, just they've got, got a lady pick called... Yeah. Pickled tomatoes, pickled cauliflower, pickled pickles. Just pickled everything. That pickles me. Yeah.
0: Thanks, everybody. (laughs) This has been a wonderful episode. Helen, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for
2: having me. Where can people find your stuff? Oh, uh, you can follow me on the socials at funny Helen Hong, because some other biatch named Helen Hong (laughs) has my handles. She's probably not funny. um, You're stating facts. Yeah. And you can listen to my
1: Maximum Fun podcast. Go fact yourself. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And Julia, where can people find you? Thanks so much for asking. You can find me at Julia Prescott on all the things. Allie, where can people find you?
0: Julia, thank you so much for asking. You can find me at Allie Gertz on all the things. And everything's coming up. Simpsons is a production of Maximum Fun, of course. Our show is engineered and edited by Jesus Ambrosio, and senior producer is Laura Swisher. All right. Smell you later. Smell you later.